Final Shot Podcast. I said I would call her. We've got Mel with no video. Classic. I don't know why it's not. It's not my fault. I pressed all the buttons. <laughs> the only people I Skype with is you. So, okay. sorry. I'll be, I'll be full out honest with you. I didn't think you were showing up today, so I already recorded with Lino Santoro, who was actually, he did good. Okay. He didn't shit talk anybody. Okay. He didn't drop any news that he wasn't supposed to. Okay. That's we, good. We tried to run through the people that we knew that were on your card already. Okay. But uh, we, uh, so we had Eric Taylor. Yes. Uh, Stanley Cermak. Yes. Uh, I could. I didn't know if that other heavyweight guy was going to be on. I couldn't remember his name. Oh, yeah, we're not going to talk about that one. Okay, we're not talking about him. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're not even, we can't even drop his name? No. Nope. Okay, we won't talk about it then. Uh, who else we got then? Rafi? Uh, we have Rafi, Rafael Santoro. Yeah. So those are those are uh, Edmonton Edmonton guys. And then we have uh, our Eye of the Tiger guys. So it's Eric Bazinian. He's in the main event, right? Yeah, 21 and 0, 16, and, 16 knockouts. Who's the co-main? That is going to be Artur Zyatdinov. Zyatdinov? Yeah, he was here in April um, on Jolina's 50th. Yeah, I like that card. Yeah, so, um, I, you know, he's great. He's a cruiserweight, 7-0, and with six knockouts, 150 amateur fights in Europe. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's a strong kid, talented, um, very poised for his age. Like he's he's great to watch. Um, people were really impressed with him last time he was here. So he's very marketable. He is. You know, he's young. He's a good-looking kid. Um, he's in great shape, and he can fight. What more do you want? <laughs> well, you can't ask for anything more as long as he can speak no. English. He, you know what? So he did. He came to Canada, obviously, um, just speaking Russian, and then he moved to Montreal. So their first language there is is French. So he learned French, and and now he's uh, learning English. So he's he's learned two two languages in about a year and a half. So I have to give him credit for that as well. Good. I'm excited. He's on the card. I like that kid a lot. Mm-hmm. And then there's the Kazakh, and I don't know his name. Sadradin Akhmedov. Sadradin Akhmedov. I like he him actually, too. Yeah, he actually fought last night. Where? In um, Quebec. On the Group Yvonne Michelle card? No, come on. I was going to say. I have the Tiger. The... I have the Tiger had a had a card last night with uh, Stephen Butler. Oh yeah, it was on TVA Sports. Yes. Yeah. So he uh, got another knockout. So now he is five and zero with five knockouts. So I unfortunately didn't get to watch that Eye of the Tiger card last night, but I seen Manny Montreal posted something about he was upset. He was upset about yeah. what? Something happened in that fight card last night that I don't. Did Stephen Butler get chinned? Uh, I'm not too sure. I honestly didn't get to watch it. I, I kept looking on BoxRec to see updates. And the reason I couldn't, I was actually at my sponsor's uh, Christmas party, Independent Jewelers Christmas party. Okay. So I didn't get to watch it. Um, you know, with the two hour difference, it's, it makes it just at that time of dinner. I'm not going to start pulling up fights while I'm sitting there. But 
uh, I just I kept looking on on Boxtrek for updates. I know Butler Butler won. I think it was in the third round. To be honest with you. So that was a Saturday event. I'm trying to pull it up right now. <clears throat> There's a lot of events that go on in boxing all over the world. So Boxtrek is just riddled with them. Yeah. Well, if you go on Boxtrek, just go Stephen Butler Boxtrek, and then you can go into the event and see everybody that was on there. They oh, had about okay. they had eight or nine fights on the card. Oh wow. Uh, they had that that heavyweight that they have as well. Um, the big guy, um, the Russian Russian guy as well, and I think it was thirty nine second knockout. The Russian guy with the funny face. The one, the the tall big guy. Yeah, he fought uh, a USA guy. I believe he was out of Ohio, and he finished him off in thirty nine seconds. Oh wow! Yeah. So Stephen. So like Butler, I said, I, I was looking up the updates. I just I just wasn't able to actually watch the show. Oh, he did win last night in the second round. I don't know what Manny's all upset about then. Yeah, I have no idea. I didn't see anything um, that Manny posted about that. Huh. Yeah, he said he was upset with an outcome or something last night. I didn't get the gist of it. But the Russian guy, he won by the looks of things. Which one? I don't know. <laughs> Tell you the truth, I can't <laughs> say their names. There's a there's a lot of them on the card, though. There's Yeah, there's a lot of them. So um, I believe, I believe uh, the card, like their guys did well, so... Yeah, it looks like they all did. They they all did really good. Yeah. I don't know what he would be upset about. I know Tony Lewis fought yesterday afternoon. Yeah, I was actually surprised over that because I started seeing updates on Facebook, and I was like, "How is this already over?" But I guess it was a card that was in the afternoon in Montreal, and then um, I have the Tiger had theirs in the evening. Yeah. Okay, we got off topic because we started talking about that that Kazakh dude. I like that guy. Yeah. He's a he's a killer. Well, 245 wins as an amateur with 11 losses. That is unbelievable. And especially because it was in Europe. Yeah. Like, that means they're fighting all over Europe, all over, um, you know, the European Union and all the the uh, toughest, toughest guys there are. So for him to have, you know, 256 amateur fights, that's that's crazy. Like, that's unheard of here in Canada. Um, it's almost unheard of these days in the States, um, you know, for, for a guy that's in his early twenties, that's just insane. Yeah. So with your event, that's going to, because this is a fairly big event with Bazinian, Artur, we got Stanley Cermak coming back after his health problems, after a year layoff. Um, Eric Taylor's got a good fight. There's a lot of good fights on the card. How are people going to be able to watch it? Well, obviously, the best way to watch it is live. So (laughs) to come to the Shaw Conference Center that night um, and be able to watch it there. Your second option is on punchinggrace.com. So there will be no live stream on the Final Shot Podcast Facebook feed this time. You guys got to go pay for it. Yes. And uh, the punchinggrace.com, how much will the event be? Well, from what I can understand, I I don't know if it's a if it's a fight to fight basis, but if you sign up for Punching Grace on a monthly basis, it's eleven dollars a month. So um, you get to see all of their cards that they put on monthly. Um, I'm not too sure if how much it is for the the one particular event that night. Uh, I did. If you guys go to my Instagram, I did share a Punching Grace story. If you guys sign up right now, you get your first three months for eleven dollars. Right. 
So go do it because it's well worth it. There's a lot of cards that uh, that they do over there. I don't know how many of the KO ones are going to be on there, but well, you know, it's something that that we've we've talked about, and this is the first time that we'll be doing this together where um, it's a co-pro and and they're going to have you know half their guys on and and half the guys from here and be on Punching Grace. Um, you know, if everything works out well and it's, it's successful on both ends, um, I'm sure that there'll be plenty more other ones on there as well. So if, if you sign up to it, you know, it's not only that you're going to see the cards that they put on in Montreal or around Quebec, but eventually there's going to be other cards that you can see on there. Um, from what I know, they're, they're also going to do the one in January with, uh, with United promotions in Toronto. So, so, you know, you sign up for the three months and, and you're getting across Canada. That's the, amazing. The best there is, yeah. It's a it's a really good deal because now that we have no more boxing on HBO, uh, punchandgrace.com might be the place to go. Well, you know, it seems like everything's going towards the streaming aspect. And um, I understand with HBO what's going on there after after not having top rank um, where they moved over to ESPN and stuff. They started losing the content where they didn't have things to be able to put it on um you know on a on a weekly basis and stuff like that so for them uh you know they made the decision not to not to put that on there anymore but uh definitely streaming options like with the zone coming into effect yeah um stuff like that so it's all about the streaming these days you know yeah but here's the interesting thing that's going to be happening is you're going to bring in a french streaming service to a english speaking show who do you have commentating this thing uh, that is their own people that they're going to commentate. And I think that's because the basis of the people that are signed already with Punch and Grace um, are from Quebec. Okay. So they're going to they're going to have their own people. Uh, I do know the one person that uh, one of the commentators, he does speak English as well. So there might be some some commentary on both sides. I, I can't guarantee 100 percent. That's not my side of the things. <laughs> I have no control over Punch and Grace. So. It'd be a tough go, like if the if the people in Western Canada want to watch it and they don't understand what the hell's going on. You know, true, but a, a lot of times, to be honest with you, I don't bother listening to the commentators when I watch something because of the fact that I just want to see the fight for myself. Um, you know, commentators see something differently that you might see, so yeah. I prefer I prefer to just watch the fight. I agree with that. Like when I have HBO on and I hear Max Kellerman talking shit, I kind of turn him off. <laughs> I know you're not a fan of Max Kellerman. Uh, I don't mind him. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it's it's difficult, right? Like uh, when you listen to commentary, they're always going to have their own side of things and you're going to have your own vision of things. So you, you might as well just watch it for the fight. That's what you're there for. It's, it's, you need your eyes for it. You don't need to listen to it. Yeah. Uh, I just, I usually mute it. Not unless Roy Jones Jr. gets in there and starts talking shit, but <laughs> Yeah, you know, if you have if you have interesting guys talking on there, sometimes it's not even about the listening to them talk about the actual play by play of the fights. It's more about listening to what else they might be discussing. Yeah, like if I turn on a UFC event, like the, Joe Rogan does an interesting thing on his podcast. He does a thing called Fight Companion. Okay. So what he'll do is he'll sync up. Like he'll give you the time of the fight that's happening right then and there, and you can sync up your time with him, and then you can mute the commentary. That it's kind of a shot at the UFC, I guess, a little bit too. But 
if he's oh if, why if, is joe rogan no longer with the ufc i don't even know that he doesn't do all of the shows anymore so he only does the shows in north america so if they're overseas he does this fight companion thing with like brennan schaub and a bunch of his buddies Ah, uh, okay, so then you can listen to his side of things instead of the commentary of the actual people doing it. They don't even talk about the fight half the time. They're talking bullshit about cons- conspiracy theories and stuff, and then they'll chime in on the fight every three or four minutes. It's kind of, it's fun, though. Right. So really, I mean, you know, when it comes down to it, when a knockout happens or, or you know, a great punch is landed, it doesn't matter if it's in French, English, Japanese, or Russian. It, the same reaction is going to happen where it's like, oh, you know. And yeah. So really, that's all that matters. <laughs> that's the excitement part. Not not necessarily talking about the stats of, of each fighter or anything like that. The only time that it gets me, um, when we were on the lead up to the Adam Braidwood-Simon Keen fight, I would tune into Simon's fights and I would hear, oh, Adam Braidwood, uh, shit, I want to know what he's saying now. Right. Right. It does. It does make it difficult for for that kind of sense. But I mean, in the future, I think maybe once um, Punching Grace starts expanding itself and going across Canada, that's an option that they might look at if more subscribers come along from all over Canada, not, you know, just in Quebec or if there's more in North America, then then they might, you know, look at different options of how they're going to to commentate. Now, I have watched their live streams. They do a fantastic job. They do. I mean, anything they do is is great. They have some great fighters, and and they, there's nothing that you can say about Eye of the Tiger. They they honestly do the best that they can do, and yeah. they put on great events. Um, they have great venues. They have great fighters. Uh, it's a great team altogether. Um, obviously, uh, the CEO or the the, the owner promoter um, Camille Estefan. He's done an awesome job. Yeah, they do a fantastic job. Now, I'll be 100% perfectly honest with you. I've had the Eye of the Tiger people sniffing around me here for a little while. In what sense? Well, they, I've gotten messages from them. Uh, they all follow me now, which is kind of interesting because I didn't think they knew who I was. Um, okay. Whoever the 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 pretty the pretty guy, what's his name? He used An- to be a Antonin? boxer. Yeah. Antonin DeCary. Him, um, Camille's daughter. I, I believe she runs Punching Grace. Yes, Emmanuel. Yeah, is that is that how you say your name? Mm-hmm. Emmanuel. Emmanuel. Very very nice Emmanuel. young lady. Yeah, yeah, beautiful girl. Yeah, she actually sent me all the logos for Punching Grace and Eye of the Tiger for this specific episode. Oh, okay. Which we will have flashing up, Derek, every <laughs> every once in a while when we talk about them. But <laughs> we'll we'll have the website. You guys can go to the website. It'll be up on the screen. But yeah, they're 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 actually very nice. Yeah, no, they're great people to work with. And uh, I'm not a fan of French people. Okay. But the, these French people are nice, so we can all get behind them. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I, Camille and I have uh, have been friends for years. Um, we haven't actually done business together until 2018, where where we agreed for Cam O'Connell to fight Germain. Uh, in early 2018 and in the meantime we were negotiating the Braidwood Keen fight and then just from there you know it just it took off so it would turned out to be we started doing some business as well yeah. but for years you know I I knew him and knew what he was doing and always followed what he was doing and I thought he was doing an awesome job 
Yeah, I really enjoy the Eye of the Tiger shows, and uh, it's cool that they were able to team up with with you to put this event on, which is great. Yeah, it's it's a great great event. Now, uh, my boy Cam O'Connell, he's got a fight coming up that I believe you put together. Yes, with Joshua Riley it's a in, great fight. Uh, in January on United with Tyler Buxton. It's a great fight. Mm-hmm. And is that for the title that Tony Lewis vacated? Correct. Oh. So, Correct, so yeah. potentially we could Cam could win that title and then maybe we get the Tony Lewis rematch? Um, I mean, there's a possibility. There's always a possibility in things. Obviously, we work from a fight-to-fight basis um, and see how things work out that way. Uh, I can't say what Tony's doing right now. Like, you know, he just fought yesterday. I don't, from the latest form, what I saw, he actually just uh, called out Jorge Linares. So, I don't know. Oh, shit. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, good for him. I know he wants a crack at a world title, so. Yeah, um... You know, Linares is very talented. Um, I, I think it would be an, an okay fight, but uh, it depends on on the position that Tony's in, um, and obviously that would be that would be a New York or Las Vegas type of fight. Yeah, Tony Tony is a world class boxer, but don't get me wrong. But that's the kind of fight where you got to quit your job and and focus solely. Hundred percent, <laughs> so. because. You know, your opportunity is there. So if you beat Linares, then you're you're ranked number one in the world. So yeah. there there is no messing around. That's something that you have to take seriously. That's something that you have to, you know, your your main job is to be training and fighting. And that's the only thing that you should be thinking is breathing, eating, living, boxing. Uh, uh- a couple of people knew that you were going to come on the show because you were going to come on last week. And everybody wants to know what's going on with the boogeyman. I told them to fucking sit tight. Sit tight. Um, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> you know, it was it was looked at to have him on this card um, with a little bit of uh, discussing and thinking about it. <laughs> I think uh, our next card will be in March, and I think that's that's the next time you'll see the boogeyman on KO Boxing. And I, I know the uh, you can't say anything about opponents, but I know that there's been talk about Stanley Cermak. Yes. So for March, that's that's uh, my goal is to have Stan versus Adam. Uh, it's, <clears throat> it's something that most promoters don't do. They don't take uh, two guys that they have promotionally signed. Um, so it would be a KO versus KO. Really. You've done it before. I have done it before. Um, most, <laughs> most promoters think I'm insane. Um, it's rare that it happens. You know, it happened uh, in top rank before with uh, Timothy Bradley and um, Manny Pacquiao. Yep. You know, uh, people were really surprised over that. Um, but it's it's something that has to happen, especially in an, in an environment where there's only a handful of heavyweights in Canada. So when you have two or three of them signed to, to your own company and you need to move them along to see which one's the better one to get a Canadian title, you, you kind of have to put them against each other and then look at putting them against a Canadian title holder or, or whatever else. So they got to fight each other to see who's best. And, you know, Adam did fight Simon Keen. Uh, do I think that was Adam's best <clears throat> fight? No, it wasn't. Um, you know, I think on different circumstances, it might have been a different outcome. Um, did 
we expect to happen what happened to Keane with Dylan Carmen? Absolutely not. Um, so, you know, this is boxing. Things happen, and sometimes you have to take chances and risks to see what happens. Well, with the, the, the Simon Keane loss to Dylan Carmen really opened the door for a lot of people at heavyweight. It did, because the thing about it is if Simon had beat Dylan then I don't know where they would be with Simon at this point. You know, they would have to move him forward and probably move out of the whole comparing him to any Canadians, right? Yeah. So um, most likely he would he would probably start fighting some some Europeans and some guys from U.S. and maybe move along from there. And who knows, maybe he could have been on the undercurrent of the Canelo fight instead of uh, Ulysses. I don't know. You know, that all all depends on outcomes but like i said this is boxing and things happen in boxing things that you expect things that you don't expect so that's why you can't really plan for the future and say okay this is going to happen on the next event or this is going to happen the fight after because you don't know what's going to happen and that's why with cam o'connell i can't say anything you know of what we're going to do next or if it could be a rematch with tony lewis or whatever because you don't know what's going to happen in that fight Obviously, you want the best to happen for your own guy and continue from there. Yeah. Now, speaking about Ulysses, um, mm-hmm. there was a shitstorm with him, Steve Claggett, and Manny Montreal that went on like a week ago. Yeah. <laughs> Where Manny may have dropped some fake news. Well, I don't. I don't know. I was a little confused over that because I don't know how what part was said that Manny dropped as fake. Um, I do believe he posted the tweet that uh, Steve Claggett had put up 10 days prior, which was calling out Ulysses to be on that card. The the only thing that I can say as as a promoter, I mean, what has to be realized is that Eye of the Tiger is not the promoter of that card in New York on December 15th. So, you know, at that time, they had just announced that Ulysses was going to be on that card. So with Steve calling him out, it's, it's not like immediately they're going to say, okay, that's the fight that's going to happen. It has to go to Golden Boy Matchroom, you know, whoever is, is promoting that event. They have to look at it, probably look at negotiations, see what kind of purses, things like that, how, how the, like what, what they want to do with it. So it's not that easy where as soon as Steve would have called him out on that, they would have said, yeah, that's the fight. Yeah. So it's going to take a few days to negotiate that kind of fight. If this was on an Eye of the Tiger event and Steve had called him out, I'm sure that they could have had a contract out to him the next day. Yeah. So, you know, it it does take some time. So if you're calling the guy out, I don't know, do you start training just in case or are you already training for it? I don't know. So that's, that's kind of the problem there, right? Like you can't expect a yes answer immediately when you do call somebody out. And even I, I know this, you know, there's constantly somebody calling somebody out. Yeah. Look at the situation with Adam Braywood and Simon Keen. It was an entire year and a half before they fought. Trust me, I was involved in it. It was ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, I was involved in it from from the minute that he that Adam fought Eric Martel. Yeah. And you know, it was a year and a half in the making. So so things take time, and that was with two promoters that were able to talk every day and try to work something out. But. You know, situations happened where it postponed it, and um, hey, a year and a half later, it did happen. So that's the thing. It's not that easy to just put a fight together. I think the only part that was fake that Manny may have mentioned, or really did mention, is that the fight was signed. Right. 
Yeah, no. I'm not too sure about that. I don't know um, the situation. Maybe the contract was sent and they just didn't receive it back yet or, or something like that. I don't know the details of it. I know Manny, uh, he's, he's a stand-up guy and he wouldn't say something that he didn't think was true. So maybe he just got some bad information. That or just it was a you know misunderstanding yeah. in the sense of of that the contract is signed or the contract is sent out or or whatever it may be or you don't know I mean sometimes you're dealing with a manager right so the manager says yeah we'll take the fight ends up talking to the fighter the fighter says no what are you talking about well I like when Steve came on and he said no I'm not taking a fight on four weeks notice I agreed with it um. <clears throat> Yes and no. I mean, I, I've known Steve since he was a kid. I, mm. He turned pro on KO Boxing Cards, right? Mm. So, um, you know, I, I know Steve for a long time. He has potential. There's, We would have never signed him and turned him pro if, if there wasn't the fact that he had he had potential, right? Yeah. Um, now, there's different options of looking at it. Do you sit around and just take fights here and there? and just keep building your record and, and hopefully another opportunity like that comes around and, and you're a hundred percent ready for it. Or do you take it because I mean, Steve's always in the gym. That's the thing. The guy doesn't go out of shape. Yeah. You'll, you'll never see Steve Claggett walking around, um, 20 pounds over <laughs> overweight and eating McDonald's and, and saying, Oh, I haven't been in the gym for weeks. That's not Steve's style. No. You know? So do you, do you take the fight because it's an opportunity? Um, there's a possibility you do that. It just depends on, on yourself and your management. I probably would have suggested to take the fight. Yeah. Uh, when, I, when he broke it down, because I talked to him, and he mm-hmm. said, well, why would I take the fight, the, a rematch for a fight that I won on a shorter time scale than they gave me the first time? Correct. But once again, like I said, it's a different promotion company. Now, yeah. if this was I have the Tiger doing it, they would have led up to it. Like, look how long we promoted the Braidwood Keen fight with them. Look yeah. how long it took for them also promoting a Camel Connell and Germain. Like, they have the opportunity to do that, and they take the time. They do the press conferences. They do this. But if you look at, um, you know, the card for, for the Canelo card, well, even Canelo wasn't really announced until what it what I think it was late October. Yeah. You know, so um, they don't necessarily plan that far in advance because the selling ticket is Canelo. Mm-hmm. And so they don't need to keep promoting it for months and months at a time. Um, you know, also at the time that he had fought September 15th. So they had to wait to see how that result was going to be. He got suspended for a certain amount of time. So, you know, that's that's the thing. You you have to see how a result's going to be, and then they look at, okay, let's do this and check with the venue, or maybe they already have the venue. Who's going to be the main event? So they don't take as much time to, to promote each event. Yeah. Well, boxing's a weird fucking thing. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. With those bigger cards, unless you're the main event, you really don't know. It could be four weeks' notice, five weeks' notice. Yeah. So do you always have that reason of let's not take a fight because it's on four weeks' notice or five weeks' notice? Um, At a certain level, a fighter should be in the gym all the time training, so possibly, you know, that you're ready for those kind of calls. Now, like I said, it just comes up to what you're comfortable with. Yeah, I received a call 
two weeks ago from BC from a, a fantastic individual named Ender. And he wanted me to compete against a, a gentleman named Amon uh, November 25th. Okay. I, unfortunately, I've had to get a full-time job. Right. I asked for the time off of work. They said no. Right. So, but... <laughs> If you want, if you want to fight, don't get a job. I guess that's what they're that's what they're saying. Well, that yeah, and that's what makes it difficult. So, but at a certain level, when you're you know at the level of 15, 20, 25 fights, um, you kind of have to be ready for those calls because if you miss that opportunity, it may not come around again. It's yeah. always like could have, would have, should have, right? So, do, do you come around and say, "Damn, I should have taken that fight," or? I'm glad I didn't, you know, it's, it's always a situation in that. So you just have to do what's right for you. Yeah. I, and I have to put food on the table. So exactly. Right. <laughs> I had to keep working. Now, unfortunately with me getting a full-time job, I lost my girlfriend. That's you. <laughs> well, you know, when you're working and, and the, the time availability of us being able to chat, um, is the times that you're working. And then obviously you come home from work, you're tired, you want to have dinner, you want to spend some time with your actual wife and your yeah. child. <laughs> so it makes it hard for our, our chats all the time. So this is kind of a catch up for us too. A little bit. I don't even know what's going on with you over there now. I know you went and had lunch before you, before you came on here. Probably, what'd you get? Salad, chicken, breaded chicken and three sauces on the side? <laughs> Well, that's that's when I decide I want to diet. Oh. <laughs> so my diet is, yes, crispy chicken <laughs> or fried chicken on top of a salad with uh, three packages of, of dressing when I'm not dieting, which which I should be at this point, but uh, I figured maybe I'll start tomorrow on that one. But What'd you eat today? I'm not going to say because you're just going to make fun of me and <laughs> so will everybody else. <laughs> Did you have a burger? Yeah, I did. <laughs> nice. What kind? A quarter pounder. <laughs> oh, I like those. Did you at least get the one with the with the vegetables on it, the BLT one? No, I, I don't. I'm not a big uh, pork person, so bacon stuff like that, I don't. You didn't get that. You just got the the straight out double meat. Straight out quarter pounder with cheese, um, three packets of McChicken sauce. Excuse me? Uh, yes. <laughs> Oh, wow. That's a lot of McChicken sauce. That's just mayonnaise. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Wow. Yeah. All right. Hey, good for you. I'd die if I ate that right now. I'll tell you, tell you that right now. Yeah, I know. I shouldn't be eating it, but I do. I actually, Mel, I've been on a diet for I don't even know how long at this point. I've actually got some kind of a six-pack coming in. Nice. Which is very weird because I've never had one in my life. Nice. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe if I was going on a vacation somewhere and had to wear a bathing suit, maybe I wouldn't be eating a quarter pounder today. But <laughs> you just wore a bathing suit not too long ago. Where the hell were you? Vegas? In Vegas, yeah. It was a one piece, though, wasn't it? Yeah, because I'm so pale. So I have to cover up as much as I can. Uh, you got jet black hair. Yeah. And white skin. You might be like Morticia from the Adams family. Yeah, that or my brother-in-law calls me Cruella DeVille. <laughs> oh, we'll have to get you the white strip, though. Yeah, the white strip. Yeah. What else so, you been doing, though? You just been hanging out, trying to make your shit get together? Yeah, pretty much. Um, 
you know, it's when, when you have this level of, of, uh, fighters on your card and stuff, you, you try to make everything work perfectly. And obviously working with the commission to make sure everything goes smoothly and the venue and everything else and different aspects, obviously with punch and grace coming in, which I, which I haven't had before. So I'm, I'm trying to make sure that everything is done right. And, yeah. um, you know, been going to a couple amateur, amateur cards that were around here and we actually have uh, signed Signed a guy. Signed a brand new guy, just fresh. Brand new guy. Fresh, yeah. no fights, no pro fights. No, sorry. no pro fights. No, he has about ninety amateur fights, um, and they were in Europe as well. He's recently moved to Canada, um, and he had a few amateur fights here. The majority of them were in Europe. Uh, he's from the Ukraine, I believe. I believe, and I'm going to confirm that tomorrow, but he did train out of the same gym as Lomachenko. Okay, that was the rumor I heard. That was the Lomachenko stuff. Oh, okay. So, I don't know if it's true either, but I heard it. Hopefully. that's what. Yeah, that's what I've heard. I mean, you know, you can't compare anyone to Lomachenko. <laughs> so, no. Lomachenko is is a very accomplished amateur fighter, an accomplished professional fighter. Um, he's done very well for himself. But most people resonate when they think of of European fighters. They <sighs> they think of Lomachenko. Um, this kid has uh, the same style as Lomachenko. So I don't know if that means because of the fact that he trained out of their gym or that's how they're trained out there. Um, but you know, he has great potential and I'm, I'm hoping that, uh, that he's going to be the next, uh, big star from here. And what weight class is he at? Middleweight. Middleweight. So hundred, yeah, 160 pounds. I mean, for his first pro debut, it'll be a catch weight in between okay. 160 and 168. I just don't know, you know, when, when you're an amateur and you're weighing in the day of, it's a little bit different than a pro, right? So yeah. you don't know where he's going to be at. So we'll do a catch weight and see what he's comfortable at and start either moving him down or moving him up. But I think he'll be 160 in the end. And we can say when he's fighting? Yeah. Okay, so... He'll be... He's turning pro on the next card. December 14th. December 5th, 14th, yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. I like that. <clears throat> so will he be jerking the curtain then? He'll be the first fight of the night, obviously? No. No, Ooh. he won't be. He won't be. Um, you know, the thing about it, when guys have that kind of amateur experience and, and you're going to put him against a guy that's had a few fights in the bag, um, you want to you wanna showcase them. Yeah. Right? So you you want people to notice him and stuff like that. So you're not going to put him as, as the first first fight of the night because he has he has experience. Okay, so he'll be later on in the evening then. You got a lot of fights on this card. I do have a lot of fights on the card, yeah. Is I Anthony do. Lassard going to jerk the curtain then? Possibly. <laughs> He's got an opponent. We are, I know we can't talk about it, but he does have one? Yes. Okay. Am I going to like it? Uh, to each their own. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Anthony Lassard's making his comeback. Uh, when the hell was did he fight last? About I, a year and a half ago, I think. It's a long time. The last time I seen him, he retired in the ring. He did, yeah. So he's decided that he wants to give it one last try. Um, the situation before was that his coach had... Um, left the week before the fight and went on a vacation. So 
he wasn't comfortable with fighting. His head space wasn't there. Um, he took some time to to reevaluate his life, and he didn't feel that he was ready to retire. <clears throat> now, who am I to say if a person should fight or not fight, if they believe they still want to fight? Um, you know, he is from Edmonton, uh, so... He can, he can have that opportunity to see. I know he had a couple opportunities possibly to fight in, I think it was New Brunswick or Nova Scotia, mm -hmm. but that fight card fell apart. So he has been training and stuff like that. Um, you know, I, I'm not the type of person that will say no to somebody immediately. And sometimes you just, they need that extra boost uh, for, for things to happen, right? So Yeah. Hey, I hope he does well. I'm not mad at him. <laughs> Live, was there some issue with you two? Oh, no. I've never had an oh, issue okay. with it. I, I'll be blatantly honest. I didn't like that he weighed in and then retired the, ne the next day. But uh, it is what it is. It was a long time ago. I can forget about it. Yeah. I mean, some, pe <laughs> some people have forgotten. Some people haven't. Um, I guess I forgive a bit easier than some people do. But Everybody deserves a second chance. So go in there and, yeah, go in there you know, and get it done. Yeah, people do and, and whatever else. But yeah, so it's gonna it's gonna be an action packed night, you know. Um Long a night. lot of fights. Well, yes and no. Who knows, right? You know, there's there's some really talented guys on there and it's not that they're fighting easy guys, but they're just really that good. So it could end up being uh, you know, a two round, three round fight instead of an eight round fight. I don't know. But there are a lot of fights on the card and we will be starting you know, right at 7.30, so that way um, we can get through the night. Most boxing fans will be happy with that because of the fact that if they're they're paying for a ticket to, to come to a show, um, you know, they want to see a whole bunch of fights. And, and the reason that we put so many on and add a, a bunch of four-rounders in there as well is because then you have an opportunity to see a bunch of different fights instead of just seeing maybe six fights that are eight or ten rounds each. Yeah. So this way that you get to see a bunch of different fights, a bunch of different guys, um, you know, some, some KOs, some distances. So yeah. you have the opportunity to see everything. Well, if you guys want to watch it, make sure you show up live Shaw conference center, Edmonton, Alberta. You guys can get your tickets out of Eventbrite.ca, I believe that's what it is. Or from any one of the fighters that are on the card. Any uh, one of the fighters, Eventbrite.ca. You can go on KOBoxingCanada.com. There's a link on there as well. Um, or, you know, if you, if for tables, they can just call the office or punchinggrace.com If you're not, uh, if you're not in Edmonton, right? If you're yes. not in Edmonton, I'm mad at you anyway. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Uh, next topic, Flavio Michel. Yes. He went over, he competed against, uh, Devin Reddy on that other promotion that's in Alberta. Uh, what's going on with him? Is he all right? Yeah, he's fine. He's fine. He doesn't believe he was hurt. He thought it was a premature stoppage. Um, it stopped just as the bell rang. So it could be argued that it maybe he could have gone the extra rounds or not. Uh, but the decision's left up to the ref. Uh, you know, at the time, I don't know if the ref knows how many seconds are left. Um, I don't, I, I've never physically been in the ring. So I don't know if you can hear that, that 10 second clap or mark or whatever it is. Or if you're that focused on it, I know plenty of times when I'm very into a fight that I don't even hear that and all yeah. of a sudden the round is over. So, you know, it just all depends. Maybe the ref just didn't realize that it was going to be over right then and there as well. But it is ultimately left up to the ref and that's his decision. So he did call off the fight. 
Um, but no, Flavio's fine. I, I personally think that 147 is too heavy for him. Yes. So, I mean, he weighed in at, I think it was 143.8 or 144, which was uh, three pounds under under the limit that he was supposed to be. And that was without really cutting weight. So I think 140 would be the proper weight for him. Yeah. Devin was the the much bigger fighter. Definitely. You know, Devin started off fighting, I think it was at 160 pounds or or whatever it is. So he's a bigger guy just in general. Well, like I said, Flavio's not cutting weight and he's coming in at 144. So I think if he, he cut a little bit of weight and maybe lost some of that muscle that's on him, 140 would be an easy cut. Yeah, I'm guessing we're not going to see the rematch. Well, you know, it was it was a discussion that that uh, Mike Short and I, Mike Short being from Dakota, um, had. And if it was going to end prior to four rounds with a KO or, or TKO, there was no way it was going to be a rematch on this card anyway. And that's because they get suspended. So if you get suspended and now you get a 30-day or 45-day suspension, well, you can't just walk into to the day of December 14th and, and decide that, oh, yeah, I haven't been suspended for a day and I'm okay to fight. Um, you know, technically they want you to have a rest period. Yeah. So that was already out the window as soon as that happened. Um, the rematch, there's a possibility maybe in, in March. But again, like I said, I don't think that Flavio should be fighting at 147. So who knows if that can actually happen. I don't think Devin's getting below 147. He's too big. Yeah. I mean, but it's a weight that works for him, right? So, hey, you look good. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's the thing. He's he's still a young kid, so they tend to move up in weight as they get older. They're, you know, not everybody is Jelena Marjanovic who has moved down in weight over the years. Yeah, um, that's pretty much unheard of. The older you get, you usually move up in weight. She, on the other hand, is like a unicorn and and starts. Losing. going down and yeah it starts going <laughs> down in weight i mean she's had discussions where she said why don't i try 122 <laughs> so which is a weight class lower than what she's at right now um so it's it's almost unheard of when that happens it's always the other way i think manny pacquiao started you know 30 pounds less and and yeah. kept moving up in weight as he got older majority of the people do that so i can only see Devin. Devin going up in weight as he gets older, or maybe 147 will be his, his comfortable weight. Um, but like I said, not everyone's Jelena. I don't know how it works with females, to tell you the truth, because like, I know as I've gotten older, I've probably packed on 30 pounds easy. Yeah, but you were, you know, you went from a boy to a man, and, and boys usually don't start, um, I guess, getting into their their comfortable weight or size until what i think early 20s yeah i thought it was probably around 190 pounds then yeah so then then you increase in weight females i think are a little bit younger once they kind of hit their peak of their height and and stuff so um usually i mean it's not any different the older you get the more you gain yeah metabolism starts slowing down and whatever else but if you're if you're in shape and, and whatever else i guess you can maintain a weight that you've had all your life i guess so please tell jelena not to go to 122 though last time she cut it she looked like fucking skeletor <laughs> well i mean that's that's the biggest thing for females is because you're so used to seeing them 
um, you know, in street clothes or in mm. Lulu, Lululemons that are really tight and fitted and or in dresses or things like that where you can see that they have a, a butt and some boobs and, and a figure, right? Yeah. Um, and then when they're training and cutting, cutting weight and taking out salts and, and anything like that, then, yeah, I mean, that, that kind of certain areas of your body kind of shrink. And a lot of times for females, it's in the face, right? So yeah. they get that, that more bone structure showing. Um, I, I've, I've seen her ready for fights so many times that it doesn't even phase me anymore. But <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you, um, her last couple of fights, she's, she hasn't had problems cutting the weight. It's been easier weight cuts than when, when she first started. Now, whether that's because you've learned how to, to cut the weight properly, how to diet properly, how to maintain a weight easier than you did when you were younger and didn't know all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, she's had 50 fights. I, right? I would hope so, she's got it figured out now. Yeah. So obviously, so for her, that's why I think that that decision of, Hey, maybe we can do 122. Now, um, you know, that's not left up to me to say that's, that's her and, and her coach. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that he wants to do that. So, well, I don't want Jelena to take this as an insult cause she's got a set of legs on her. She has strong legs. They're huge. And that's not in a bad way. No, no. I mean, it's muscle. Yeah. She, like, she's got Mike Tyson legs. There is not um, one part of that leg that will move. <laughs> you know, it's, they're very muscular. Um, but she's been a very athletic um, female from the time that she was a child. You know, she played basketball. She's played ball. She's played um, a whole different, a bunch of different sports over the years. Um and then got into boxing, her, her running, I mean, she runs all the time, yeah. her cardio and stuff like that. So obviously her legs have built that muscle and yeah. They're impressive. Yeah. Yeah, they are. My wife, uh, she, she has big legs too, and they're all muscle. She played hockey her whole life and uh, yeah. I, I can't out squat her. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, I wouldn't be complaining if I was completely muscle everywhere either. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't want to make her mad at me again. So. No, she won't get mad over that. She, I mean, she, she has, she has a, a body with, you know, areas, areas of it that she has a butt, she has legs, you yeah. know, she has, it's muscular, um, you know, things like that where, I mean, for me, I don't, <laughs> so. You know, there's plenty of times where, believe you me, jeans look nicer on her. So, but Mel, you don't exercise. No, I don't. But you watch The Young and the Restless. You know, Tanner, <laughs> <laughs> things that we talk about outside of podcasts don't have to be brought up on the podcast. Hey, The Young and the Restless is one of the longest running soap operas of all time. I think they're doing just fine. Yes, and I have been watching it since I was a kid. What's going on? Is it the same thing over and over again? That's all I want to know. Pretty much. Okay. I mean, you know, they just 
they bring in the new characters or, I mean, the children of whoever, and it's pretty much they relive the life of what their parents did. So it's the same storylines over and over. It's just different characters that are going through it. Now, I had a grandmother that used to watch that, and there was a gentleman with a mustache on there. I believe his name was Victor. Victor Newman, yes. Is he still My around? My favorite character. Yes, he is. He's got to be like a thousand. I, I believe he's in his mid to late 70s. Oh, my um, God. Yeah. But, you know, actually one of the things that keeps him in shape is boxing. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, he's, a, he's a huge <laughs> boxing fan. And he actually, um, they bring it into the show a lot. Wow. Where, where he's training on a, on a bag with gloves on and um, has his grandchildren try it and stuff like that. And I think that actually comes straight from him. Uh, could, is there a way we could get Victor Newman to KO Boxing December 5th or 14th? I would love that. If anybody I, out there that listens to this show has a con- some contact information, I don't even know his real name. I, I His real name is Eric Braden, um, and he does actually respond to tweets, so I don't know. I mean, I know he's a, he's a huge boxing fan from what I've heard, um, so yeah, that would be great. And I know he was recently in Canada. All right, Final Shot Podcast Army, tweet Victor Newman. <laughs> What's his name? Eric Braden. Eric Braden, tweet him. If he wants to come, I'll pay for his damn ticket. <laughs> or yeah, he can sit with Mel awesome. at her table. Definitely could sit with Mel. He is my favorite soap opera character of all time. Eric Braden. Let's get him, let's get him to Edmonton December 14th. Yeah, that would be awesome. Now, I don't know how this show works. There's no seasons, is there? No. Like, they no, just, it's, it's they're running. Day, Monday to Friday. Is yeah. it live? Is it like a live studio audience? No. Okay. No. No. Some of their, I believe, like, when when they're filming, it's like a month or two in advance. But they have to film all week, like, every day all week. Yeah, so that's the thing. That's why they're filming in advance. They probably film two or three episodes a day. Who Could knows? You imagine? I don't know. It's got to, it's yeah. got to be an hour long. Yeah, it is. Oh my god! Yeah, like, that guy must be a bazillionaire. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I I would only assume that he's probably the highest paid soap opera actor there is of all time. I'm sure of it. Has to be. Yeah, if, he's once, been on the if show. They, if they removed him from the show, I think that the show might as well fold so he's been on the show since like 1929 i believe it was in the 70s when it started he was the first character on there what yeah so for 40 years yeah. what year did the young and the restless start i think in 70 78 and he's been on it since day one yeah oh yeah if he like when he dies it's gonna happen Mm -hmm. they might as well fold the show I would say so. <laughs> oh my god, that's amazing! There's got to be longer running soap operas, though. Uh, no, I think that is the longest running now. Really? Mm-hmm. And you're just wow! You're just in there. I am. I mean, <laughs> but you have to realize that I have a TV in my office, and I I put on the TV, and at noon. That's what's on. So that's what I watch. <laughs> so is this guy, he's still in every episode? Not in every episode. Oh, okay. None of the characters are, are in every episode. Mel, there's 11,000 episodes. Why, you just looked it up? Oh, yeah, I Googled it. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So 11,000, yeah. 
the the seventh highest episode. Wow, there's eleven thousand episodes of this damn TV show. <laughs> no wonder they still do the same shit every week. <laughs> they should let me and Adam write an episode of this. Oh Jesus! <laughs> I don't think I don't think daytime television could handle that. I don't think so either. I think we'd nope. get banned and <laughs> it, it would be taken off the air immediately. Actually, one of Jelena's opponents, Mia St. John, was married to one of the characters off of Young and the Restless. Mia St. John. What's her story? She's a, she's a phony baloney, isn't she? Or is she legit? <sighs> well, no. I mean, she was legit when she was fighting. Um, she's had a ton of fights. Yeah. Stuff like that. But uh, she recently, I think, publicized that she had used PDs. steroids. Oh, good. Yeah. Her. I'm proud of her. So, um, you know, I can only assume that she used it when she fought Jelena. Oh, 100%. Yeah. But Jelena still won the fight. Huh. Okay. Season one, episode one. The air date was March 26, 1973. Oh, 1973. Okay. So even longer than I thought. Yeah. 45 years. Yeah. And. Victor Newman was on that episode. Mm-hmm. He's going to die like next week. God, no. <laughs> if he dies, will you cry? Oh, don't ask me those kind of questions. <laughs> I just, I got to know. It would be sad. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's just like when you watch a movie and you get so involved in the movie and something sad happens. Now, if, you know, they would obviously play that into the show when he passes. They can't just replace him with somebody else. There's no way, you know. So it, when he actually does pass, I'm sure it's going to affect a lot of people, especially because they watch this. This is in their home every day, Monday to Friday. I got to know, like, if you miss an episode, are you pissed? Well, you can usually catch up, no problem, but um, I do end up PVRing them if I do go away and catch okay. up because, um, uh, you know, when I've had to go to Europe or, or Quebec or stuff for fights and you're gone for a week or two weeks, yeah, you, you miss a lot, so I so do PVR funny. it. Mm-hmm. It's so funny. <laughs> or, do I, or I ask my sister to update me if I miss an episode or two. Okay. Um, at the like, usually there's something b- bad that happens in one of these in every episode, right? Pretty much, yeah. Now, at the end of the episode, is there like a feel good moment where the world's been righted? No. Okay, so they leave it like a cliffhanger. Yeah. Oh, they fuck you every episode then. Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> there's Ele- always a twist and a turn. Eleven thousand times they've done this to people. You guys aren't going to learn yet. Yeah, I know. Like, what city do they live in? They got to live in like some phony baloney city. Genoa City. Excuse me? Genoa City. Where's that? I think it's a made-up city in Milwaukee. Okay. And like nobody's figured out that they just, they just shouldn't go there because they're constantly fucking with them? Uh, I think there are some people that actually believe that you know these characters are real. Oh, 100%. So- yeah, like you hear about some people that kind of go crazy and, and actually believe that, you know, Eric Braden is Victor Newman and and whatever else. I'm sure that they deal with that on a daily basis. And I'm sure there's people that try to go to a Genoa city or whatever yeah. it may be, but I, I believe it's fictitious, yeah. Yeah, uh, guaranteed. I know 100% if I ever meet this Eric guy, I'm going to call him Victor Newman. Oh, yeah. 
100%. There, there are certain people in the world that have iconic mustaches. Well, he hasn't had a mustache for years. It's gone? <laughs> it's gone. Oh, no. Yeah, but he looks better now than he did 40 years ago. So. Shut the front door. Yeah. Hmm. Like, I just remember him with a mustache from when I was a little kid. Yeah, I know. And it's no, gone. Yeah. I mean, they still refer, some characters refer to him as the mustache because that's what he was for years. But no, he does not have one. Well, there was him. There was Sam Elliott, Tom Selleck, and the other gentleman, Burt Reynolds. With the mustaches, yeah. Yeah. They had classic mustaches. So I just pulled up a picture of him and he still has a mustache. Well, maybe for that, but look at 2018. Google Eric Braid in 2018. I got I to gotta do this now because I'm, I'm falling down the young and the restless. <laughs> We've just lost half the viewers. <laughs> hey, I bet you the female viewership just, just popped up huge. Possibly. 2018. All right. Where is he? Oh, yeah. No mustache. No mustache. I mean, you don't find many people like our generation that do watch it. It is, you know, like my mom's generation and older that, that continue watching it. But there's the odd few like me. Yeah, I guess. All right, Mel, let's wrap this fucking thing up. Seeing as how we've wrecked this podcast with Young and the Restless Talk. That was my fault. <laughs> you, that was your fault, not I, me. I take full responsibility for yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, yes. Listen, you know, you know how to work a text message, right? Yes, thank you very much. Okay, like you know you can text me during the day. Well, I don't know. You work. I don't give a fuck. I still respond. Some people some people can't. I can. But I work at a desk most of the most of the time. I res- oh, okay. I do respond. Okay. Uh, but yeah, you can text just uh, phone calls are hard because there's people watching me sometimes. I gotta, yeah. I got to go I the boogeyman FaceTime me one time at work. I had to run into the bathroom. <laughs> he laughed at me he's like that's my move <laughs> that's his move yeah yeah but is what it is all right so that's the final shot podcast is brought to you today by on it if you go buy on it products go to www.onit.com forward slash tfs podcast and you will save 10 percent off all your purchases we're also brought to you by smile canada smile v liquid smile spray go get your cbd spray uh Last but not least, Buds and Leaves. Go to budsandleaves.com for all your medical marijuana needs. They will be back up and running here in a couple weeks. And that's the final shot.